press that record button. Let's see how this goes. Okay. So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's there's dualism, mm-hmm. and I think the other one's mono something or other. But there's dualism, and I heard a guy. Um, I've been so at, with my new role at work. I, I had to do like crash course in AI, yeah. right? And ML and ML and uh, NLP. And uh, so this guy does this really great podcast series. It's meant to be listened to from the very beginning to the very end. He sort of walks you through the basics of everything, which is really all I need to understand. So it's like a survey. Of AI. Of AI. Okay. And uh, at some point he goes, oh, uh, but if you – because we're talking about – he's talking about consciousness, right? Like can we ever replicate consciousness? And he's like, well, if you're a dualist, then the answer is probably no, because you have a spirit and then you have a brain. He goes, but most people have given up on dualism, and they believe that it's all your brain. So there is no spirit. There's just your brain. There's hmm. just what's going on upstairs, right? And if you break it or you whatever, then – so he elaborates a little bit, and he goes, well, uh, here's the deal. He goes, we used to believe that people were possessed, but now we realize that they have mental issues or they're, or they're sick or whatever. <laughs> Which begs the question, can people be possessed? And or is it all just mental issues? Now, if the Bible is to be believed, then God, Jesus, cast demons out of people. And therefore, it, it must be possible for people to be possessed. Yeah. Or is it just sickness? Hmm. And so I went on like a little mind journey on that, and I thought, well, if your perception of reality was appropriately scrambled, I don't know that you'd have to be possessed to be insane. Like you could almost be a normal person. Like let's just say a normal uh, passenger in your spaceship body, right? And if the way that you saw the world was, was appropriately scrambled, then you would be insane, right? So, so what I'm trying to say is, is how does a how does a good soul become insane? Unless it's, in other words, how, how do you solve the dualistic issue, right? In theory, so 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 what you're saying right now is arguing for singularism. Well, now I'm trying to figure out how you could be insane, right? And dualism still be right. So you're a, saying a reality. it makes less sense than. Uh, yeah, I see. What, I see what you're saying. Um, so you could have a, a sane spirit, if you will, right? And but your your sensory your spaceship body, yeah, is so jacked that that sane spirit does not experience the world appropriately. It's like there you just uh, you're you're in a broken space. Like, mm. um, uh, have you ever? Uh, you ever, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, obsessed about something? Yeah. Like it got stuck in your head and you for sort sure. of, it took you a minute to shake it. Yep. Um, and, I, you know, I, I experience this occasionally with, it, like anxiety is, a, is an obsession over something. Yeah. That you cannot control. get rid of. Yeah. Or lack of control. But, but you know that's happening. Right? You, you're aware that you're that you're cycling out of control. Yeah. If you were a, a, a uh, if you were not a dual, a dualist, right? If you were not a something ex- riding around in spaceship, you, then you wouldn't know that because the thing that 
tells you whether you are or aren't is is broken. Like there's you wouldn't have an awareness of the brokenness of it. Correct. Yeah, that's that's more this that's more the camp I fall in is that it's all relative. That it's it's really hard to make the argument of sanity because no one perceives the world the same. And and, and there are things that we agree on as commonalities, such as, you know, it's it's more morally based at that point, but I just think that it's really hard to to define any sort of reality because it's all relative. So I don't I don't know. Um, I I don't think there exists one how, inherent how, reality. How much do you believe that we share the same definition of this reality, this room that we're sitting in right now? I I like think as a percentage. I think it's impossible to know. Because, and I'll bring it back to a very rudimentary example, but I can tell you, we can both agree that this water bottle is teal, but I have no idea if you're seeing it the same way I am. And, or, you know, if this shade of color you've been told is teal your whole life, and I've been told this shade of color is teal my whole life, but how, we, how do we know on any scale that you're seeing it the exact same way that the cones in my eyes are seeing it? Well, and that's and I, I that think, on a deeper level is. I, I think we could argue that science could tell us whether our cones are firing the same amount of. They uh, could tell energy, us. They could tell us through the prism of light. It. They could tell us in the in the RGB spectrum if the white light entering our eyes is 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 you know if this is reflecting the same. Yes, but it it doesn't tell us if our brain is sending the same signals back and forth. It, there's no way we would ever know that. There's absolutely no way. There, there, you know, and I've thought about that exact question, and I've always come back to, yeah, but we generally agree on matching colors, so complementary colors. Well, take, like I said, it was a rudimentary example, but just take no, no, that, it's a, it's a take good one. It's a good one, though. So I've, I've, I've often thought that that one of the ways that we can sort of validate that is uh, that we agree on complementary colors. So we agree that colors that are different, we agree that those two colors complement each other or those two colors do not. Those colors clash or these colors are together. But it wouldn't really matter because you would – Because see, everything that's would be the relative to the left. Thing. It wouldn't really matter because it, it, it's not like you're seeing different colors. It's that you're seeing colors that are complementary to themselves, but they're still different than what I'm seeing. So do you think we'll ever uh, create artificial consciousness? No. I don't no. think – why not? Be, um, because for one, for one, we don't know what it is. Um, that's not to say that we won't figure out what it is. If so, the Turing test. You're aware of what the Turing yeah. test yep. is. Turing test basically says, look, if you had a human behind a curtain and you had a computer behind a curtain and you uh, you right. spoke to it, and if you couldn't tell the difference between the two, then the computer is conscious. Right. I disagree with that because. Consciousness is one of those things that we will never be sure if we're experiencing the same thing, but we but we agree that it's a defining thing amongst other things. I, I cannot be sure. That's that, a perception thing. That yeah, test is a perception thing. I, I I cannot be sure that you're not a figment of my imagination. Correct. It, it, but but we can generally agree that we're not. No, we can't. Yes, we can. Because that's what I would say if I was projecting you. What do you mean? That's that that would be the objection I would raise <laughs> if I projected you. In other words, if you're a figment of my imagination, yeah. my imagination would say, "No, I'm actually real." And we can agree on that because I'm telling you I am real. Right. Well, of course, to complete my illusion, I, I would absolutely have a a entity across from me 
that uh, that tells me. Right. But you don't you don't think that way because we generally agree on certain realities. Like saying that no, that's I, teal. I'm telling you we agree because it's all my reality. You're you're a figment of my imagination. Yeah. Which I, I see what you're saying, but it doesn't detract it doesn't detract from it doesn't it, it's it's holding it's holding one reality above another. It's it's saying that No. I'm telling you that there is an there is not another reality. There is only one. I reality. know. I get what you're and saying. It is the I get one what you're in which saying. I'm yeah. imagining you. I get what you're saying. It really. My daughter hates it whenever I tell her. I said. I said you're not real. I've imagined <laughs> you. And she's like, shut up. It's not true. <laughs> Stop it. You're messing with my head. I mean, you're like. What you're not telling her is that you're only eighty percent sure that she's not. <laughs> I, no kidding, right? I mean, no, no kidding. So you know, and and a part of it has a little bit to do with time itself. Mm-hmm. What at the end of the day makes you separate from me? The fact that you're over there and I'm over here now. Mm-hmm. What if I'm over there later? The fact that we agree upon it. Yeah, but what if I'm over there later? And what if you're over here now? We still agree upon it, and that's all that matters. No, 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 but here's what I'm trying to get at. If you collapse time, then we're actually everywhere all at once. We're everywhere we've ever been at once. And therefore, we could be at the same but place. How do you collapse time? Well, we already are, we already do agree that time is a perception in the first place. Yes. Therefore, it doesn't actually exist. Right. And therefore, it is actually collapsed in some reality. Therefore, we are not separate. We are the same. Yeah, I don't know. That could go all sorts of ways. It it is sort of when you remove time. Yeah. There is no longer, and this is the really trippy part, because you cannot have existed in a place you have not been. So this is that whole, almost the whole time travel thing in and of itself. Like you create a time, this this has a, it sounds like the same thing, right? Like the time travel uh, example is, is that when you create a time machine, you can't ever travel before the time machine was invented, but you can travel any time into the future from the time it was invented. I think you're arguing less about, time and more about like a multiverse thing no i'm not arguing a multiverse what i'm arguing is is that the perception that you and i are different see it's creeping in there the perception that you and i are different are is actually a function of time like what makes us separate and not in the same space at the same time if for example if you were sitting there right now and i was also sitting there right now then we would be considered by everyone else in the world to be the same thing because we are occupying the same space at the exact same time. Yeah. And so what I'm arguing is if you take time out of it, Mm -hmm. I occupy every space I've ever occupied and ever will occupy. And if you're doing the same thing, then the chances that we have have ever occupied the same space or will ever occupy the same space is very, very high. Mm -hmm. So as a result, we are the same thing by proximity. Gotcha. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, that's trippy. Right? And so so it, it it sort of makes a lot of really difficult problems of like law of attraction and other things very interesting because if that's true, then in some timeless reality, I affect everything within close proximity of me because we all share that same space. 
And it's also very interesting that consciousness is the only thing that can create time in the first place. You think you think it's conscious? You think it's consciousness? According to that guy, you know, the awareness of time is what creates time in the first place. Oh. Lack of awareness would make time no longer exist. Ooh, I don't know. Well, is again, so we, again, the definition of time uh, is essentially you can roll it all the way back to thermodynamics and no, entropy. No, whole, wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, but I think the experience of time is not unique to humans. I think it's it's the definition of time that's unique to humans, saying that this is a thing. I think animals still, it, sure, it's a chemical reaction, just like it is, you know, the sun's going down, my metabolism is slowing, it's time for bed. Those type of things are not unique to humans, but I think calling it time and building systems around it is unique to humans. I still think animals experience what we I, call I'm time. I'm telling you, they I, just don't I think, think it's time. I think you are fundamentally missing this guy's point then. That consciousness creates time. I didn't. I didn't. I don't remember him saying that. Oh no, that that's the. I'm whole, not. I that, don't. I, I'm not doubting you. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I. I definitely took the central tenet as being now, con- time is created in the now, brain. And now only you could argue that all living things have conscience. That they're no, I don't argue that. Right. No. You don't think so? No, I don't think that. Um, you think we're unique in that way? Yeah, because I, I think. I think if if we if something else possessed consciousness, we would be able to study it, or we would be able to figure out where it comes from. So, is your dog an automaton? Uh, I don't know. I th- I think they have. I think will and consciousness is different. Like I think I think dogs can, and, and I think emotions and consciousness are very so, different. So this brings it back to the Turing test, right? Because this like is, lots of things have emotions. Most animals have emotions. But is, emotions is not consciousness. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. right? So this brings us sort of back to the Turing test, right? Because it's it's this idea of of consciousness. It, are we really? In other words, if I took you and your DNA, mm-hmm. right, and I recreated you and put you through the exact same experiences you've had, mm-hmm. would I create an exact copy of you? No. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? That's sort of the argument behind the Turing test, and it's sort of— I mean, not unless I were conscious. In other words, if they create—if they're able to create artificial intelligence in the way that they envision being able to create it, mm-hmm. then yes, that's true. Okay, but here, here's where I kind of disagree If consciousness can be created— Yeah, but so where I kind of disagree is that um, in the start when you mentioned that test, I said that that was a perception thing. Mm-hmm. Um if you put so so elephants, for instance, I like to use this example when I talk about this. Elephants have been shown to like mourn the death of another member. Okay. They've been shown to actually yeah. like revisit the grave, things yeah. like that. So if you replaced an elephant in that scenario with the with the AI, there would be no sort of like we would undoubtedly not mistake the human for the elephant because the elephant is not giving us any sort of quote unquote intelligent signals for us to misinterpret them as being conscious with. You know what I mean? We are we're using conscious we're using intelligence as a metric for consciousness in that specific example. So that's where I go back to that it's a perception thing because if you replace something else that shows a lot of attributes such as emotions but maybe can't speak or can't use language or can't write, we would undoubtedly pick the human over the elephant every time because they're not expressing anything that we resemble as intelligence. There's another test, and it's not the Turing test, and I can't I'm, – I'm trying to think of what it is. But it's basically you get three robots to ask a question of each other. Mm-hmm. And 
um, if they can, uh, uh, it. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can just find it real quick. Hmm? Oh, someone's at my front door. Hopefully this. Ah, okay. It's uh, here. It is. Okay, it says uh, it says a robot has just passed the classic self awareness test for the first time. So, so what we would call consciousness is an is an awareness that you exist, that you know that you're present, that you're that you are you are a thing having experiences. You are not the actual experience. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it says a researcher at, uh, this was uh, 2015, actually, it's been a while. I'd love to know where this has gone from then. But uh, a researcher at uh, Polytechnic Institute in the U.S. Uh, has three nanorobots, um, an updated version of the classic, why, oh, that's it, it's called the Wise Man Puzzle. It's a self-awareness test. Uh, it's a puzzle scenario always involves multiple players with the same reasoning capacity. Uh, who go through the same reasoning steps. According to the principle of induction, a solution to the simplest case makes the solution of the next complicated case obvious. Once the simple case uh, of the induction puzzle, uh, puzzle is solved, the whole puzzle is solved subsequently. Typically, a tell-tell feature of these puzzles includes a puzzle in which any uh, each of the participants has been given a piece of information about the other participants, but not themselves, right? So I... I know something about you, but I don't know something about myself, right? Also, usually some kind of hint is given to suggest that the participant can trust the other's intelligence, uh, right? Okay, so here's here. Let me see if I can find the actual uh, actual uh, question that they ask. In this classic test, a hypothetical king calls forward three wise men in a, in the country and puts either a white or a blue hat in their on their heads, right? So. We're both wearing either white or blue hats. I can see yours, but I can't see my own. They can all see each other's hats, but not their own, and they are not allowed to talk to each other. The king promises that the least, or that at least one of them is wearing a blue hat, and the other, uh, and that the contest is fair, meaning that none of them have access to any information about the others that the others do not. Whoever is smart enough to work out which color hat they are wearing. Uh, Using that limited information will will be the king's new advisor. So basically, we can't talk to each other. One of us is wearing a blue hat, and that's all we know. And from that, we're supposed to figure out who has the blue hat. Okay, so in this updated AI version, the robots are each given a Wait, pi- can I stop yeah, real quick? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't the person who can see the person with the blue hat just win? But that doesn't tell you what color hat you're wearing. Oh, what the person who can figure out... What if color? they are wearing a blue hat. Right, that's okay, right. Gotcha. Okay. And only one person out of the two has a blue hat. Uh, no, uh, it could be that... Uh, Both of them do. It could be at least one person okay. is wearing a blue hat. Gotcha. So there may be all three blue hats. Okay. okay. So in this updated AI version, the robots are each given a pill, which is actually a tap on the head uh, because, you know, robots can't swallow. <laughs> right? Uh, two of the pills render the robots silent uh, and... One is a placebo. In other words, the other robot can talk. The tester, um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's name, uh, chair of the, wow, cognitive science department, uh, then asked the robot which pill they have received. 
So ask the robot, which pill have you gotten? Okay. The silence is, uh, the silence, uh, there's a silence for a little while. And then one of the, uh, of the little bots gets up and declares, I don't know. But the sound of its own voice as quickly changes his mind and puts up his hand. Sorry, I know now. It uh, it exclaims politely. I was able to prove that I was not given the dumbing pill. So there's an awareness that I don't have it, even though I don't know whether or not I don't have it. So this awareness is 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 basically con- is is how they're saying it's consciousness. Right, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's pretty. It's pretty cool. No, I haven't. Uh, it says it may seem pretty simple, but for robots, this is one of the hardest tests out there. It not only requires that the AI be able to listen and or to listen to and understand a question, but also hear its own voice and recognize that it is distinct from the other robots, and then it needs to link that uh, realization back to the original question and come up with an answer. So it has to go, oh. That's not just sound. That's my sound. And because I have made a sound, I do not have the pill. That's that's pretty profound. Um, I still don't think it's consciousness, though. It says, but don't panic. This isn't anything uh, close to the type of uh, self-awareness that humans have um, or the kind that uh, AI Skynet experiences in The Terminator when it decides to blow up all, all humans. Instead, the robots have been programmed to be self-conscious in a specific situation but it is still an important step towards creating robots that understand their own role in society, which will be crucial to turning them into more useful citizens. We're talking about a logical and mathematical correlation to self-consciousness, and we're saying that we're making progress on that. So this is like day one of birth of consciousness with robots. Hmm. It's an awareness that they are the ones making sound. Hmm. And that's a... Um, sort of a trippy yeah reality yeah it's uh i don't even know what to say because it's not the turing test it's it's a much more profound test because a turing test is just a robot's ability to to fool you right right with on on perceived intelligence i think the only thing um that differs is is how you define consciousness because at a basic level, you can say what you said, that you're aware that you're uh, an organism in the environment, functioning in the environment, but sep- also you know, able to introspect and separate yourself from the environment and, and understand that. But I think, I think animals can do that as well, and they're not conscious. And I think this is the do dilemma you, is that you, we just don't understand what it is fully. So, so there's a process where babies go through where they realize that they exist. Right, that they can impact the world yeah. and that they, can, they have influence over their they environment. They have agency and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. Right. Do you think my dog knows it exists? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because he's able to, especially smart breeds of dogs, can definitely manipulate their environment. To get food, to get well, attention. It, no, no. It's one thing to be able to manipulate the environment. It's another thing to be aware that you exist and that you exist as a separate entity from everything else, that you have a separate identity from the rest of the world. Yeah, I I think they do, but I don't think it's consciousness. That I think that's where our definition gets really shaky and we just don't understand it. I think consciousness is one of this is one of the hard things about this arg- or this conversation is that 
if we define con- if we define something so abstract as consciousness as something we're almost surely able to argue that we can you know manufacture it create it whatever but there's still something so abstract about it that it's almost like you're never going to be able to define what it is it's it's just kind of like experiential you feel it therefore it exists you can't define what it is at least in my mind i don't know uh let's see or maybe i just don't want to admit that we can create it i don't know consciousness is at its simp- or at its simplest is a uh a sentience or awareness of an internal or external existence so if my dog knows he exists separate from everything else then he is conscious by the definition of consciousness would would you say he's conscious if he is aware that he exists but not aware he's separate from everything else Ooh, i don't know i that's where i think he definitely is aware he exists i.e able to manipulate the environment i don't think things have the will to manipulate their environment if they don't understand that they are alive and need things and things like that. So, De- But I also don't think he sees himself as, as an individual. So Oprah's favorite person, Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra, okay. the, uh, the author uh, and spiritualist. Um, he quotes uh, in one of his books, he quotes this, uh, this story of, uh, it was, um, they were doing a, uh, you know, you can have brain surgery awake because yes. once... It, they crack open your skull. You can't feel anything, yep. right? And so uh, that's what was going on here. This uh, person was awake during brain surgery, and uh, they would stimulate various areas of the brain, and immediately that guy would go, oh, my God, I'm, I'm back at home. I'm in my kitchen. I, I can smell the cookies cooking. I, I see everybody. And he goes, okay, but where are you really? He goes, well, I'm, I'm, having, I'm having brain surgery. Mm-hmm. But According to the story, the guy had every experience as though he were back home, mm-hmm. right? Smells, sights, sounds. So, so uh, Deepak Chopra, uh, his uh, his his response to that is: so clearly, therefore, there is something outside of the brain that is being able to distinguish between the stimuli. Because if we are just a response to stimuli, that thing would not know that it was still having brain surgery. It right. would think that it was inside of uh, uh, the kitchen. Right. And uh, and so his this is Deepak Chopra's argument for the fact that you have a spirit, mm-hmm. that your spirit is something. And I think uh, in Indian cultures, right, that's that it's here, mm-hmm. right? It literally exists above your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is. Uh, but that was his sort of argument for that. And I guess arguably, because like if I have a computer and I go break its memory circuit or, or, I, or, I, or harm it in some way, it is unaware that it is broken. It just is broken. I haven't heard very many people argue that the brain is just a response to stimuli. Mm. But that is, the, that is the, uh, the opposite of dualism. You, mm. If you only exist in your brain, then you're only that thing. And if you break that thing, then there is no awareness that that thing is broken because it is the thing that is broken. Yeah. It can't both then be aware of its brokenness. Now, I guess you could argue that there's hemispheres of the brain and that one hemisphere is aware of another hemisphere's operating, uh, you know, stra- status. 
But uh, I think I think that dude's while while I agree with his conclusion, I think his means of getting there is an oversimplification of what was happening. I think we have no idea why that happened. We don't. And 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 I think it was just an oversimplification of of why. In, in my in my opinion, I think there's so much more to be said about what what was going on right then. Well, the good news is for all of our listeners out there who may be concerned about AI taking over the world, it is not. We are so many, many, many moons away from um, what's called uh, generalized intelligence, right? Ooh. We we certainly have uh, uh, we certainly have know. we we no we we are, uh, and there's lots of so like once you get past the 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 hoop. Right. The reality of it is, is machines are doing very interesting things, but generalized intelligence, we're not even close. Yeah. And um, I don't think they have to be conscious to be scary. No, no, no. Um, I mean, you know, a car that decides to go kill somebody or run them over because it didn't see them is just as scary as a car that is conscious and decides to murder. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, both of them are very concerning to me because the dude's still dead. Yeah. Right. uh, um, But. but we're a long ways away from it, mm-hmm. and I, uh, so it, it's, it's it it's very interesting. So I, I'll tell you. So in NLP, um, it's one thing for me to have uh, to do. It's called neurolinguistic uh, processing, right? And um, it's one thing for me to be able to say to recognize what you've said and and derive intent from that. Do you know how hard it is for a computer to 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 figure out a conversation? Pretty hard. Very hard. Yeah. It is extremely hard. And then intense, to pull an intent out of a conversation is extremely challenging. Yeah. And uh, some of our, I mean, I've, I've got a team of PhDs who, you know, we're struggling with how you how you solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's uh, and, and at the end of the day, what they always say is, well, we just need more data for training mm-hmm. because you just, you train, right? And uh, algorithm, yeah, yeah, and at the end of the day, it's it's not as uh, it's not as powerful as as you think. Mm. It, it's a, it's a little over a little overworked. Mm. But anyways, we wasted yet another thirty minutes of your life. Thanks for joining <laughs> us uh, tonight on the seventy twenty podcast, which had which had nothing to do with God whatsoever, <laughs> other than the fact of the question: What happens if uh, what happens if we actually create consciousness? Is there still a God? Yeah, uh-huh. and that's a it's an interesting question. I, I, I'm I'm sticking with my uh, my belief that I don't know I don't know where it comes from I don't know how you define it but I know that we can't create it. Uh, I can't fly either. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> anyways, I, we'll I fall, check back in. With I you. fall in the same camp you do, but um, yeah. it's a it's a fun conversation. It anyways. is. It definitely is. Have a good night. Okay.